All right, man. I'm I'm ready when you are. Josh vs. Josh, Season 5. It's resurrection time. Josh vs. Josh was dead, but now they're back again. Sweet shows and amazing guest stars. Ryan Wright shot lasers from the Death Star. Matt zipped in and he zipped out. But no one knows what he was talking about. JDS took a rest, he spread his wings and flew far, far away. But now he's back to rule the paw game. Spitting on a little guy's face. Eating ice cream and potting all over the place. Tom Nook is a crook, but Corey is working hard for the bells. Only PayPal limit friends and family for that guy sells. Jazz says sticky food makes it hard to wipe, especially when you're up potting all dang night. Takes a break to read some 17. Steve Buscemi on the cover of his magazine. Recycle some jokes and bring the garlic bread because Josh vs. Josh is back potting again. Yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to JVJ. I'm your host, Corey Hatfield. With me is Josh. Yes. Hatfield and JDS. Yeah. And then today we have Samuel E. Hoke. Is that where you you go by in the professional world? That is my real name. So we'll go with that for this. (laughs) He has many aliases that he doesn't want the government to know about. Well, one of the things you will learn in in the course of this conversation is that most narrators have more than one name. Oh, yeah. To do books you're not proud of and (laughs) you don't want your family to know about. That may be a little bit of it. It's more just to kind of separate the genres. Um, So, yeah, I, I do my straight fiction as Samuel, and then I do contemporary romance but i'm not gonna tell you the name (laughs) how are you gonna sell the books if you don't tell us the name our fans are dying to know they love romance well after this um you can you can make him an invitation and interview him oh okay okay yeah everybody will have to figure out who you do have that deep voice i'm sure the ladies just melt away when they hear that yeah so right now uh, in terms of what I'm doing, I am working three books simultaneously. In one book, I'm a post-Civil War cowboy in Wyoming. That's where the deep voice comes in, you know. And uh, in another one, I'm a shapeshifter gargoyle. And in the other one, I will be, it'll be my first nonfiction book. And that's a story that I'll tell you in its entirety because that's a very interesting one. Hang on, let me ask you about that gargoyle book. Uh, that's the one I'm interested <laughs> in too. <laughs> Wait, is that who's the guy who didn't show up? Oh, uh, is it Jacobson? Hawk? Something Hawk? Jamie Hawk? Is that a Jamie Hawk book? No, it's okay. It's not. He he wrote a gargoyle harem book. Oh, <laughs> uh, this one. Oh well, well. We'll get into that in in depth at some point. Um, But yeah, it's it's gargoyle shapeshifters there. It's on the romance side of things, but a lot of adventure and action as well. Um, This particular one, the 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 main character heads off to Egypt to save her parents and ends up discovering uh, Cleopatra's tomb. So there's some action in it as well. Oh, my gosh. They just keep recycling the same old stories <laughs> over and over again, don't they? Well, you just keep recycling that same Conan <laughs> O'Brien line you heard 20 years ago over and uh-huh. over again. Jerk. <laughs> At the present time, um, I have a, a brand new release that I'm very happy with. and I'd like to tell you about that. Um, Corey, I believe you mentioned that the book of mine that you, you uh, listened to was epic. Yeah, yeah. We basically were kind of a lit RPG podcast, but we we well, we gave ourselves that and then we interview anybody we're interested in. So it doesn't fall into that. But I thought Epic was neat because it was like a town that was kind of like run down and poor. And then you did the voice. So I thought your voice really lend some credibility to the story. Like like you have a real deep like I don't know if this is a compliment or an insult, but like a coal miner voice, you know, like a real 
<laughs> real cowboy voice. So I man's thought it was, man. yeah, like you're a man's man. <laughs> so I thought it was really neat for the story because it's, it is like a kid in a poor town and they're, what were they, grape farmers, something like that? Or olive. olive farmers. And then uh, they go into this computer world. And I thought it was neat. I did, I think I emailed you because I didn't understand why the the writer put in like uh what hashtag smile and stuff like that okay so let let i i'd actually like to answer you in, in greater detail than i did on our initial interaction um that book was published in 2004 epic and about two other books published near the same time are considered to be the seminal works in lit rpg that they started the genre and and the author is a he's a professor at uh, trinity college in dublin ireland he before that when he i guess when he was getting his phd or whatever he was one of the initial designers of the first interactive uh role-playing games it was called treasure trap so he he was involved in you know D and D and and creating games early on and uh, because he writes academically he also got into fiction and Epic is book one of three. The reason that I haven't gone on and done book two yet is <laughs> that he didn't tell me this when he gave me the series, but when I opened up book two I realized it was the protagonist was a sixteen year old girl. <laughs> That'd be perfect for you. you can pull that <laughs> yeah, you can do that. You think I could do that, huh? <laughs> and it has taken us a long time to find somebody uh, to do it. I have yet to hear the outcome, but the second book is underway, and then I'll do the third book, which is called Edda. Now, the new lit RPG piece is called The Legend of the Swordbearer. Jeremy Fabiano, he's he's indie. Um, I don't know exactly how many books he has, but this is book one of a series called The Tempest Chronicles. And it's a very interesting notion, I thought anyway. So I don't know how much I should give it away, but in essence, it is the, the following. This geeky guy who was a great gamer and IT type of guy turns up with pancreatic cancer. And he's literally on his deathbed. And the CEO, owner, whatever, of uh, Tempest Corporation comes to his hotel room and says, we'd like to hire you. And the guy says, oh, I'm dying. You can't hire me. I no good to you. And he says, come here, son. We don't want your body. We want your mind. That's what all the, they always say that to you, but it's not true. <laughs> no, they're just... <laughs> you end up on the street corner and <laughs> well as it turns out tempest the the company has figured out how to upload a uh, human brain into the role-playing game yeah i'm yeah. about three hours into that one. Oh, okay so you you've got the lay of the land yeah but that helps everybody else well i got i actually got to the part that you just read but I didn't do anymore. <laughs> I will. I'll listen to it. I just... uh, I, the, the reviews have been kind of mixed early on. I find, especially in the lit RPG genre, there's almost always one or two or three of the first ones are real negative. And mm -hmm. there's just some people in the in the genre that kind of like to tear others down. My so, my biggest problem with the book so far is uh, I try to listen to it late at night. While I'm laying in bed, so I've woken up twice to the book being done, and then I have to try to find where my spot is again. I'm like, damn! Well, you need to set a timer on your your audible. I what? know. I don't know how to do that. But then, if you're too short, it's disappointing. You know, it ruins yeah. your rhythm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we started out this this part of the discussion about why he did the hashtag thing. It was so early that he just used what he knew from the early part of role-playing games and he that was a thing that we talked about when i first did the book he said well you know could i put a chime in there or something and uh, we just ended up op opting for hashtag this because it was already in the book mm -hmm. I got 
JDS a hashtags an octothrope, if you're wondering. Oh, that's very nice of you. To Not related that. to the octopus. Oh, okay. Those so you said that was one of the first lit RPGs, right? Yeah, exactly. And that predated Tron? Ooh, predated Tron? I don't was think Tron so. Tron a book, <laughs> though? Tron was just a movie. Tron, Tron was the lit RPG that made everything. Was no, it? it did not. It did. What? There'd be no lit RPG today if not for Tron. That is absolutely what not about true. Stay tuned. They went inside. Oh, they did. Well, I don't. <laughs> I feel know like if they went in the game. No, they they came out. <laughs> Stay tuned is the horror movie, right? No, that's Terror Tunes. Terror Stay tuned is where they went into the the TV shows and it jumped channels, and it was John Ritter. And oh yeah, and they <laughs> said he was a gusher, <laughs> and he said he's not a gusher. And hey. that was way before. I don't think you can attribute starting a genre when it didn't pick up for 30 years after the movie. No, but they also had the video game, and then the cartoon, and then the second movie, and then the new cartoon. Is the second movie the one? (laughs) Can you let our guest speak? (laughs) You're three hours in, Corey. You've heard the part where the main character accepts the deal. And says, hasn't every gamer wanted exactly this since they first saw Tron? No, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So yeah. it all ties together. Sure. Yeah, the Tron. So that, the Legend of the Swordbearer, I have not, not done a count on the voices, but I'm guessing it's around 30. Wow. Are there any 16-year-old girls? No. There are girls, <laughs> though. And there is- you have... You got a deep voice, so whenever the girls are talking, I don't even notice though. So I you know, sometimes I, I, it well, brings me out, but like sometimes it doesn't it doesn't matter. If it's well done, it's well mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. If you listen, for instance, to Scott Brick. Now he's not lit RPG. I don't think he's done anything anyhow. But the way he does a female voice is more or less the way I do it. There's a slight rise in intonation. And there's more of a, 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 instead of the phrase going down on the end, it goes up. There's just a couple little things that you can do to indicate female without sounding like, you know, doing one of these things. I hate when guys do that. That's just, I, and I, hate I have one Scott Brick book in my library and it's Jurassic Park. I don't remember the female dinosaurs, but I'm sure they sounded. <laughs> well, they, all the dinosaurs were female. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he's the standard for a lot of this stuff. I mean, I guess we um, can't Scott Brick, but I don't I don't think Jurassic Park was that good of a book. <laughs> no. no, he did his best though. And Epic, if you recall, had lots of voices as well. The most so, memorable probably being the vampire. Yes, I enjoyed the vampire. Yeah, he was a great character. You you seem like are are you a fan of the genre lit RPG? I mean, oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. I, I've tried to listen to because mostly now I I try to listen to things instead of of read them uh, in print because it does two things for me. Number one, I get to experience the the uh, writing, and secondly, I get to kind of think about how I would have done it. If You're like, this guy sucks. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I have my favorite. <laughs> so uh, this year alone, have you listened? Well, I know you recorded some, but have you listened to any? Like, how many lit RPG books do you think you listened to this year? Oh, not as many as you, Corey, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, certainly not. It's always a competition, Corey. <laughs> I just, there, there was... Yeah, really, probably only one other one. I I stay pretty busy, guys. You know, yeah. I'm working three books at one time. Uh, that keeps me pretty busy. Uh, but what was that one? It was out of the Alaron Kong group, and it was one of my favorite narrators, uh, Luke Daniel. Oh, yeah. Was it Party Hard? Party Hard, I think, is the book of the year. I think Second. that guy. That guy self. I think that was an independent. Thing. No, that was a Dakota Kraut. That was a Mountaindale. Oh, okay. But Party Hard, Luke Daniels did. And the only book I think this year that was better than Party Hard was probably Slime Girl. 
I think this made might have been called Ascension. Ascension. Oh, yeah. That sounds familiar. I don't know that one. I'm sure it's great. It got so far into the game stats that that's all it was. It just got yeah. so boring. I, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I, yeah. That, it's good for a while, but then it's just like, what did what Stop. what did we start with? What's the way of the shaman called? Uh, the way of the shaman. No, yeah. but what's the series called? The the way of the shaman. The way of the shaman series. <laughs> yeah, yep. that was a good one. That's yeah, well, that's where we started, and it was. It's I feel like it's right in the middle. It's very epic. It's the world feels huge. Yeah, and he. But it's he, only huge to him because it doesn't matter at the end. And if you use the the thing is if you use the stats sparingly, the listeners feel like they're part of it, like they're leveling up. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's just the narrator reading four pages of stats at a time, it's just annoying. Yeah, that that put me off on on the book. And I, as I said, I like Luke Daniel a lot, um, but the the stats, Jeremy in in. Uh, Legend of the Swordbearer. I mean, there are stats and there are level ups and all of that sort of thing, but there's it's more sparse. Yeah, that's how it should be. Um, have you ever narrated a book like that where it just had a ton of stats and you were just like, "Hey, can I just skip these?" <laughs> uh, no. He just said power level five thousand. Yeah, I think sometimes because uh, we actually talked to Luke Daniels and and he said that sometimes there will be parts that. Um, aren't aren't narrated necessarily that are shown in the book and i almost wonder if sometimes you can look at st- like a reader if you're actually reading like a physical copy you could just glance the stats whereas if you're listening to it you have to hear them yeah so i wonder if there's if there's any time where you you do cut out stats <clears throat> not so much i i haven't ha- ever had a real problem with that but what the what the point that you're making is very very valid um there are some things that do not translate well to audio, and they're fine in print. Uh, one of the things, this is a very simple, basic aspect to it. Most writers do not write contractions. They write will not instead of won't. For word count, those tricky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Another interesting fact uh, Luke Daniels won't return my email. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's interesting that you like Luke Daniels so much because he doesn't like Corey at all. <laughs> uh, don't know the man personally. I I was doing some driving a while back, uh, a couple months back, and I listened to his electric Kool-Aid acid test, and I thought it was just excellent. He is. He's, he's up there. He's great. Yeah, we did the Magic 2.0 series. Yeah. And it's like just a book with like what pretty much nine main characters. So it's amazing that all of them are indistinguishable. Yeah. yeah. That's that's very difficult to do. And as one gets into uh, a book with many voices, you know, like for instance in Swordbearer there is a core group, the the main character and his ragtag team that are going to save the world. And, you know, you get those voices all the time, so they stay pretty, pretty uh, consistent. But with some of the minor characters that make an appearance, say, in the beginning and then briefly in the middle and then briefly at the end, you know, you have to keep that voice somewhere where you can go back to it and reference it so you can replicate it. For me, voices, voices just come out. I don't know when I start what the voice is going to sound like. And I'll try three or four different ones until I get one that I think sounds right. Then I'll, I'll record a clip of it so I can always go back and, and check. So how do you go from the Concordia Hill? <laughs> no, uh, Cornell. How do you go from Cornell and U.S. Bank of America? How do you go from working at the Bank of America to being an audiobook narrator? All right, I'll tell you the story. Be patient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start at the end. I'm retired. a little time. <laughs> so that I began, I, I began doing theater when I was in in middle school, high school. I did. I was a theater major at Ohio State. Didn't finish my degree there, but 
I was a theater major there and another theater program. And when I was like in the beginning of my sophomore year, no, for, uh, junior year uh, of college, I hope I got an offer to go on the radio, which was what I had always wanted to do as a kid, always wanted to be on the radio doing music. So I gave up school. Then I did 11 years of major market FM radio, rock and roll stuff. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, Ohio, all in Ohio. It's um, like but, you know, Frazier here. <laughs> fairly, fairly large markets. And um, during the course of that time, I worked for at one point for RCA Records and had my own recording studio. We put out two songs that went to number one in the world, but you guys might be too young to remember them. What were they? Um, ever hear of a group called Blondie? Yeah. Yeah. You know Blondie. Art of Glass. Uh-huh. We, we did the mix on that whole album at my studio. And the other one that went to number one in the world was called Kiss You All Over by Exile. Yeah. Is that not? I want to kiss you all over. Oh, over again. So happy, Gilmore. Night closes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it. You didn't like my the, singing? <laughs> you think you could put me a record to number one? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, so at some point, um, I was getting older and not making more money, and people on radio get fired a lot. And I kind of got tired of getting fired. So I went back to school. Uh, I got my two-year degree in systems analysis and design. Uh, Went to work right away. And while I had my career in banking and I worked for IBM and Capital One, uh, I got my four-year degree. Then I got my master's. And then I went to Cornell after I did my master's. So that's what happened. And then four years ago, I guess, was time to retire. And I had always wanted to do something with acting. So I got an agent and uh, I started to do a little acting. I did a TV show called A A Haunting. A Haunting. True true Ghost Stories. Oh, my gosh. If it's not Frasier, I haven't seen it. (laughs) Uh, I think it's still on. It it, it was on Discovery, uh, Destination America, so those things. And I played, this, this was a, a true ghost story out of Gardner, Massachusetts. It's a very famous ghost story. Uh, the S.K. Pierce Haunted Mansion. I played an empath named Bill Wallace. I told you a little earlier, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just starting on my first nonfiction book. So about two or three weeks ago, I was looking through the books on ACX to see what I might want to do. And I came, one popped up, it was called Bones in the Basement. And I went, oh, that could be interesting. I might like to do a horror piece. And I opened it up and it turned out to be the book about the story that I was in the TV show on. Oh, that's awesome. The book is dedicated to the character that I played. And... I got I got the offer from the author to do the book. So I'm excited to do that. It's like that real life ghost story has followed me around. I did not seek it out. It found me. I don't know what to say about that. It's kind of spooky. <laughs> probably just a coincidence. Don't you're, you worry. Probably, <laughs> yeah. probably not haunted. Hopefully. So, I'd Become, like you to tell the truth about this. When you were in the banking industry... And Y2K was coming around. Were you terrified? You're like, all our systems are going to zero. Well, he was a systems analyst, so he would know. Yeah, that he he couldn't fix I, it. I was IBM's uh, East Coast lead for uh, testing Y2K. <clears throat> I was also the the project executive for a Dutch company called Ahold, which owns grocery stores in this country, a bunch of them. So I 
I wasn't scared because I knew that, that there was really good people out there that were, were looking to fix it. But the potential really was there for it to be a bad situation. All right. Not that this is a Y2K podcast or anything, but couldn't you have just like advanced the time on your computer to, uh, you know, the, the time that it's supposed to roll over and it just and just tested it that way? You're not a systems analyst. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't you have just set it up where all the debt went to zero so everybody was all cool again? That would have been awesome. That would have been a good thing for you to do. <laughs> you use, use dates as comparisons all the time. How many days has it been since this event till now? Uh, just all, all manner of having to figure out the elapse, the elapsing of time. And because storage was so precious in the beginning, they said, well, we don't need to worry about the year. Or the, we only need to worry about the two digit year. Well, that was fine until it became 2000 and the two digit year was zero, zero. And you tried to compare that against something it didn't work. Yeah. Now so, they've got all the room in the world. Yeah, storage <laughs> storage is not an issue any longer. But so many so many of the the programs that should have died long before uh, were still running. When when people did that, they said, "Ah, this program will never be running at the turn of the century." Well, it was. So we had, we had to go into them and and make it four digits. Well, it's like they sent like a spaceship to the moon with a room full of computers. Now we could do it with like a potato and a flashlight. It's crazy. Yeah. Is that not right? No. I thought I saw something. The Martian. Didn't he do that? Uh, this, I don't. Did you see the Martian? I thought I did. <laughs> or did you maybe see a commercial where there was a potato? Yeah. There's some of the potatoes for sure. Uh, the smartphone is 150,000 times smarter than the first computer. It's it's just absolutely astonishing. See, now, you know, I, I told you I got my degree in systems analysis, but what I actually did most of my IT career was that I was a technology strategist. My role in the organization was to show them what the important technology, emerging technology was, and where the technology horizon was and how quickly it was likely to land right on top of their bank. Like mobile banking, I for Capital One, I started that. I started artificial intelligence, uh, use of artificial intelligence. And that's where I got into virtual worlds. So because does, does, it, does you, it, go ahead. So you've actually been inside virtual worlds? <laughs> That's a stupid question, Josh. <laughs> now listen to my question. <laughs> Does it piss you off when people are like, man, this Netflix is taking forever, when you're like, do you not even understand how amazing it is you could get it on your phone while you're on the toilet? <laughs> it's truly astonishing. Do a lot of people complain to you while they're sitting on the toilet? Yeah, trying to it works. They're all like, this, I got no signal in here. <laughs> Well, I get it. And, though. Frustrating. <laughs> I, I, I will. I'll make two predictions here, and take them seriously or not. One of them is all goodness, and that is 5G is coming, and it's going to change many, many things. The second one is not so friendly, but it's very, very important, and that is do not underestimate the potential of AI. So they're going to take over. Yeah. I think we've all known that for quite some time. And that's why the millennials are just going to. And Andrew Yang, Andrew Yang needs to watch his back. Did you yeah. listen to Run Program by Scott Meyer? Because it's all about the AI. It's terrifying. Yeah. And what what is happening that nobody predicted, like the two-digit year, nobody predicted those programs. Nobody ever thought there'd be a four-digit year. <laughs> We're done. We're done after one. this. Well, the, the thing that nobody could predict is the amount of data that we now have access to. It is it is known, I don't know how common the knowledge is, but a number of the, the chat bots that you use on websites, like to ask questions about something you want to buy or whatever, a product, 
those bots have actually, well, they can write their own programs without human intervention. That doesn't they, sound good. They've developed a language that they talk to each other. It's very wow. elemental. It's very rough. But that's where we're going with it. I was at work, and I was trying to think of the name of this movie that was, like, real obscure, and I haven't seen it in, like, seven years. And then when I get home, I look on my fire stick, and it's one of the things Amazon suggested I watch. There? That was in my mind. That was it. And he's even got tinfoil in his hat. It's crazy. I feel like, and I also heard your brain goes on the same wavelength as a router. So I wonder if they're getting all my ideas. Who told you that? Uh, some other podcast. <laughs> okay. It seems I, legit. Not sure I'd put a lot of stock in that. Um, <laughs> no, I heard it on a podcast. But there's a microphone in your telephone. There's a microphone in your laptop. I literally remember having a telephone conversation with my wife one time, and we discussed a particular rather obscure topic. And 15 minutes later, it showed up in my Facebook feed. Oh, my gosh. Leather pants? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not as obscure as you think, because I see ads for leather pants. Yeah, I get leather daily. pants. Yeah. No. Tell about the time you tried to buy leather pants. <laughs> Definitely. Well, yeah, it's a good story. I tried to buy some leather pants and they, they sent me a jacket instead. And it was like a kid's leather jacket. And they argued with me that it was better and didn't refund my money. So he just made it work. I made it work. <laughs> <laughs> you wore the wore the jacket on your his yep. pants. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to get robbed. Right? But anyway, see, th there's so much data being um, available to these AI programs. That, for instance, with self-driving cars, there was a story recently that said we made, I think they said, a decade's progress in six months because of all the situational data available to us. You know, it's a brain. Give it a lot of data. It's going to do things. Anyway, create uh, hey, create artificial uh, worlds that we can go into because yeah, that would be pretty. Be I mean, or like, let me let me go back machine. to something that you said about five G, right? Mm -hmm. That'll that'll be good if if that happens. And you say it will, but how does corporate greed interfere with that time frame? Because I feel like we could have five G if well if they wanted. So they're trying, to set international, they're trying to set standards for for it. So we had 4G, and then all of a sudden this thing called 4G LTE popped up. What the heck is LTE? Light. Uh, Long-term evolution. Long-term evolution. Whoa. I know. I'm, I surprise people that's, sometimes. Google. That's what it stands for. So it was a, a, a spot on the highway toward 4G. It wasn't full 4G. Um, I think I think it's impossible not to embrace these these leaps in technology. So give me a time frame. When when can I expect this 5G? In this country? Yeah. I would tell you next year, except for one problem. Our current president is pissing off China, <laughs> and that's where most of the, the real work has been done. Yeah. Hmm. We, we don't know. Politics could, could slow it down. You seem like a very intelligent man. Is there any way you could tell these guys the truth that the earth is flat? <laughs> You mean they haven't heard yet? No, <laughs> they don't even understand. You go up in a plane, you look out. It's not curved. It's all flat land. What are you talking about? It's always curved when you go up in a plane. No, flat. What planes are you flying? When was the last time you were in a plane? I've been Yesterday. trying to. I've been trying to tell Corey that the Earth is just. Uh, it's it's on a turtle's back. Yeah, and <laughs> below that, more turtles. Yeah, it's turtles all the way down. That's what I believe. I don't know. What? I thought the turtle was dead. No. And then you have to bite its tongue. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? No. I feel like this guy's going to be pretty good at some questions. No, you, you mentioned the, that we were going to talk about five questions or something. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I these do are, have five questions. These are very smart questions most these of are, the time. These are thinkers, I think. And if you have something to say, feel free to just tell us to shut up, and we will. Okay. Hey, best friends. Thanks for listening to JVJ Podcast. This week we have a very special announcement. Your favorite podcast host, Josh Hatfield, published his first book on Amazon. That's right. The long-awaited Slime Girl is up and ready for you to buy. We'll leave a link in the episode's description. Here's a little bit about the book. In the year 2101, most people spend most of their free time in islands, a virtual world that lets you be whoever you want to be. Sylvia Grohl is a 19-year-old starting college when she learns that relationships can get complicated when you're not being honest. Things take a turn for the worst when she starts receiving creepy packages in the mail. Will she be able to unravel the mystery before it's too late? Or will she have to face the consequences of her own actions? Action, adventure, demons, slime girls, this book has it all. (laughs) Wow, that sounds like one hell of a book. I know I would buy it. How about you? Okay, this is by Madeline Brandy. Brandi? Brand. Does it matter? No she one knows. sent in the questions. Question one, best invention ever. Oh, that is a thinker. Oh, I have an invention, and you seem like the guy that could get it going. Okay? I <laughs> no, want to I want to have... <laughs> this is, I came up with this. You make a playlist, and someone else you know makes a playlist... And it goes somewhere and does something, but you could both listen to it at the the same time. Yeah, there's a cloud. There's a cloud. Wait, you're listening to both playlists? No, you put like in five songs, they put in five songs, and it shuffles them, and you listen to the same song at the same time. just called iTunes. But through your earbuds. You can't share music. You can't do that on iTunes. You can can listen to other people's playlists. You you can't do that. Well, if they play it out loud. No, you can't. You're doing a playlist together. Shared playlist. You can't add to their playlist. Shared list. (laughs) Play share. Okay. Daniel, can you get this play share for me? It's a great question. What's the... (laughs) Most important invention ever, or something you like that. You just flew past my invention. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants your invention. He doesn't what like is it. the best invention of all time? I'm gonna say writing. Okay. Whoa! I was gonna go roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with my own invention, ruler pants. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good invention. That yeah. is a very good invention. It's a, it's a rule. It's like a, a ruler that's in the side of your pants, and so when you're walking by things, you can measure it. That is genius. Oh, that's up there with music, chair group music. I'm going to stick with writing. Uh, Josh, did you? Uh, okay. I'm going I'm to go with the television. The television? Yeah. yeah. Frasier? Yeah, because that's how you get Frasier. Good eats. But it would be boring if they didn't have anything else. It'd just be a screen that goes... Until Frasier comes on? That's fine. <laughs> I remember this one time. Not to be vulgar here, but uh, I got I got my VR headset, you know, when I was laying in the bedroom, and Danielle walked in. She's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Because she thought I was watching pornography, mm-hmm. but I was watching Frasier. You just couldn't explain the erection. Yeah, it just happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but I'm gonna blow your mind. Without writing, there would be no Frasier. Yeah, but there would be roller coasters. <laughs> oh, he's right. I'm not so sure about that. How really? would you write the specif- How would you get the specifications? Oh, you, you just wing it. You just yell. <laughs> you just wing uh, it. Do you need writing for ruler pants? You need numbers. Uh, yeah, you would need. Yeah, but you're not going to write out eight. There's a lot that goes into ruler pants. I mean, we can't. We can't just well, cut out ruler pants because, like, you didn't invent sewing or sewing machines. I mean, it it'll revolutionize things. Trust me. <laughs> I'm you thought boy. 5G was going to be big. <laughs> ruler pants. <laughs> 5G ruler pants. It's the yeah. first step to true 5G. That's, yeah. You know, it'll help. Trust me. Roller coaster. That's a hot spot. Puts out internet signal. It just shoots it all over the place. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 do number two. <laughs> we covered that. We got it. We hit all the bases. Yeah. So Samuel will talk later about that app. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's in. You heard it. <laughs> Okay, question two. What do you hate doing? Hmm. Oh, let's let our guest answer. I was, thought you might want to guess what he hates doing. Oh, what does he hate doing? Um, 
Mm. Narrating audiobooks of 16 year old girls. That's true. He doesn't uh, like it. I heard. What do I hate doing? Yeah. That's a hard one. I'm pretty easygoing. There's not much that I, I really hate. What about grocery shopping? Oh, you had to say that, didn't you? <laughs> I can revolutionize I like that for shopping. you. I hate it. It's so called much. Kroger Click List. You do it all online. I hate it. And then they come and put it too. in your trunk. Why? Did you get out and help? Yeah. You just act like you don't have legs. You don't <laughs> tell them you don't have legs, but in your head, you're just like, oh, dang, I'd help if I had legs. I've been going to the same Kroger for 16 years, and today I told the manager I will never be back. Oh. Do you want to tell that story? Not really. <laughs> I, I worked at Kroger for six years. I have a stake in this. Do you <laughs> want to say the manager's name out loud? I don't. I'm not in Mike. I don't know his last name is but you know i came from cincinnati i've been a kroger shopper most of my life so i'm guessing kroger's from cincinnati yeah it is okay that makes sense then i did not know i didn't we don't know the history of kroger i worked at kroger for six years of course i knew that (laughs) you dad worked at walmart for four i don't know anything about that um but yeah so Today was a bad trip to Kroger. <laughs> I'm sorry um, that so happened. What do I hate most? I uh, doing most. I don't know, man. Laundry. Uh, you know what? It's when I'm so at work, easy. I think anything is better. Like I, I'm be when I get home, I'll be happy to do yard work. And then I get home and I realize how much I despise like just chores and just, how cushy your job is. Just doing anything other than laying on the couch. Uh, I don't know if this is a thing. This isn't really a thing, but I really hate the feeling right after I finish an audiobook, but I'm not really prepared to start a new audiobook. So I'm in this limbo state where I'm like, this kind of sucks. I guess I'll listen to music. And then I just end up listening to the same Hilltop Hood CD over and over. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I don't like that either. Yeah. So that thing. I hate the Gilmore Girls. I just got Amazon Unlimited Music. Oh, how cool. Have you heard that uh, Blondie CD? (laughs) It's really good. Yeah, I've heard it. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually, I have Amazon Music Unlimited, and I have the song Heart of Glass on my phone right now. Really? Yeah. I actually moved faders on the console during that mix. I I was not the engineer, but I was assistant. I'm going to assume Cut out the part where he says not. Well, I'm going to assume this gives us permission to play the song right now. Can, I, yeah, I don't feel like that's We should accurate. be able to at least believe, 16 seconds. No, we'll play the song in its entirety right here <laughs> and they'll be good. We yeah. have permission. We'll say it's all cool. <laughs> he knows that's Blondie. only two, that's only two questions. Let's what's number 3? Can you call Blondie and make sure that's cool? Okay, question Three, best fast food chain. Favorite fast food chain. Oh, probably uh, the Mexican one. Taco Bell. No. Taco John's. Really? I was totally going to say Taco Bell. What if we all agree Taco Bell? Yeah. I love. They've got the. the, um, Beefy Frito Burrito. That's great as well, but they've got the fries. They've oh, got those they soggy fries. fries. <laughs> it has nothing to do with any of I that. I like it's... my fries soggy and old. I it's just also... jalapeno sauce. I, yes, creamy jalapeno sauce. Mm-hmm. I've also just discovered the potato taco. Mm-hmm. All it is is potatoes and cheese and <laughs> lettuce and jalapeno sauce. Mm-hmm. I love Taco Bell so much. I'm, <laughs> we're not getting paid for this right now. This isn't an advertisement for Taco Bell. But my Taco Bell in Salem has been being remodeled for like a month now. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I'm going through withdrawals. Well, need to learn to cook. I cook <laughs> constantly. Taco Bell does it better. <laughs> what? What? Wait, hang on. What is the, What is another Mexican chain? I know Taco oh, John's. Taco John's. Uh, oh, big Moe's. Red Burrito. No. Red Burrito is Hardee's. I'm thinking. Uh, what the heck is it called? Qdoba. Carl's, Carl's Jr.? He likes a burrito the size it's Qdoba. of Qdoba. Newborn oh. baby. I heard they went through an E. coli scare. No, oh. that was not Qdoba. Qdoba's safe. <laughs> That's the other one. Where did one. you even see a Qdoba? 
There's one in, in Fairview. Oh, I love Qdoba. <laughs> I thought it was a... a no, they make a, like, a red really red. big burrito. Yeah, yeah. And you could do the bowls and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was a... Uh, what's the one that... I can't remember, Ricola. but yeah, they did have the Ecola. I don't eat there. Yeah. So you guys both say Taco Bell? Taco I Bell. Although, he says Qdoba. I did read You're that, all Mexican? Yeah, why are we all going? It's the easiest things Americans stole. <laughs> um, no, I did, I did read that, like... Taco Bell is a huge super pack, uh, you know, and they give all their proceeds to Donald Trump. That's cool. Good. President yeah. needs more money. <laughs> he does need it. He I'm only gonna, owns a few hotels. I'm gonna go with Dippin' Dots. Ooh. Uh, the 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 person who invented Dippin' Dots went to Carbondale. This might shock you. I've personally been in the world's largest Dippin' Dots stand. And it was like the size of a small room. No, it was the size of like a, a double wide trailer. Mm. I like dip and dots because you never know you're gonna get it. You don't it's know. never where you expect. Is it. it a dip or a dot? You know, like what I mean? you're you're you pull over on the interstate to pee, and there's a dip and dots. There. <laughs> Why are you pulling over on the interstate well, to at pee? the rest area? <laughs> like, like out of a machine? Yeah, or like you're at the zoo. I can I can end so much of that question for you. Go to Dollar Tree. They have Dippin' Dots. Those are not real Dippin' Dots. Those are Dollar Dots. <laughs> those are Dollar Dots because those are kept at regular frozen temperature. Mm-hmm. Real Dippin' Dots have to be 40 degrees below zero. And they have to be $20. I, I, was, I, I was told <laughs> once dollars. when I was a kid. That's true. Uh, also, this is not an advertisement, but the world's largest Dippin' Dots is in Metropolis, Illinois. Okay. So, yeah, to have Dippin' Dots, you have to go... To the zoo, Universal Studios Orlando, or Metropolis, Illinois. That's it. Or rest areas on the interstate. That's the only place they serve them. Question four, Corey. I don't know if that's an actual no, fast that's food a fact. place. But that's a fact. Okay. Do you want me to change it? Fast food. Yes. I mean, the second is obviously going to be McDonald's. Nick. They've got the Whopper. I don't know if that's true. You don't eat Whoppers. That does not seem the, like something you they eat. They have the Impossible Whopper. That's, That's Burger, Burger King. King. Next question. Yeah, I choose Burger King then. What is the biggest ripoff? Oh, it's Dippin' Dots, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> I would think you paid twenty dollars for a cup that you couldn't leave a semen sample in. Popcorn. <laughs> Popcorn. Oh, at the movies? Just anywhere. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not even at home. I think probably ink right that you could probably it's the toner it's worth more than blood at this point right well i'm gonna hook you up later (laughs) now you say popcorn have you ever wondered let's let him answer i'm gonna go back to your popcorn and then we're gonna let him answer okay do you ever wonder if there are other we tried to explode other foods or just gave up after corn (laughs) (laughs) you ever had pop carrots (laughs) delicious they sound great pop peas Mm. Well, sorghum pops like corn. Oh, does it? Yeah. I've never had a bag of sorghum. <laughs> I don't like the way you say sorghum. It makes me want to punch sorghum. you in the teeth. Isn't that right? Sorghum? It's right, but the way you're, the inflection you're putting on I'm it gonna sounds go so sarcastic. I'm going to go home and try to pop it. And nothing better than a nice, buttery, salty bag of sorghum. Right, Samuel? Well, the biggest ripoff? Healthcare. Uh, yep. I mean, he's not uh, wrong, but it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Ripoffs ain't funny. I uh, yeah, no, I I agree with that. Luckily, I've been pretty healthy. Yeah, luckily, tough as nails here. It's just a shame I'm, I have a family. They're really <laughs> yeah. dragging me down. I yeah, I just don't get sick. Well, I ended up. Hitching my wagon to a lady with a bum ticker. It's really. Well, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking you have two, just two kids. Yeah. Yeah, but you just. I they would, have. They'll treat the kids whether you pay or not because they feel bad. Yeah, but they keep calling you constantly. Change is that why you keep getting new phones? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to dodge it. I also go by an alias. I tell them my name is Samuel Chris. Just get a new lady. <laughs> Healthier yeah. lady. Well, yeah. hell, look how long it took him to get one lady. He's not get another. That's true. I was almost 50. <laughs> Had sex twice, two kids. This is crazy. <laughs> it's bad in a thousand, guys. <laughs>
So, healthcare is not funny. Healthcare is not funny. Sad. Are you guys ready for the last question of the day? All right. But before we end this, I just want to say, if you want to hear your questions, send them to cjh at jvjpodcast.com. Okay, last question. Who would be the best person to be trapped in an elevator with? Mm. I think we can all agree. Hang on. Samuel. Here's my answer. And I hope he's listening. David Petrie's wife. Because she could draw? (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) Oh, Josh Stout knows why. David Petrie said that he would that he would like to be in a survival situation with Danielle. (laughs) Yeah. So I choose David Petrie. Isn't it Petrie? I I don't know. It's Petrie. Party yard? David Petrie. I choose David Petrie's wife. She draws a mean slime girl, that's for sure. Yeah. Did she draw that? She drew the one in the book. I should. I think. No, the one he sent us a signed copy. She drew a slime girl in it. Oh, I didn't see that. I sent a picture. I'll bring it in. You can look at it. Okay. Sorry. Unless you're down for the shelf idea behind us. Then I'll bring in. We got a bunch of slime girls. Hey, can we not? I'm just saying. Samuel, do you think this would be a better podcast experience if there was a shelf behind us with books? (laughs) Um, No, it looks fine. Don't, Don't worry about it. Damn. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I I, where, where would I, I turn this if i turn this around do you see what's oh yeah. Whoa, i feel like you're so much smarter now there's like a hundred <laughs> books there what's your favorite book of all time no. oh man and that's like asking me what my my favorite record of all time is it's almost impossible to answer well, after the book question i have a follow-up um I loved Anne Rice. Anne virtually Rice. She wrote. Uh, she did all the vampire stuff and the witches of Eastwick. And so I, I liked all of that. I, I love the Tolkien, the trilogy. I mean, I've read oh, that yeah. like three times. The trilogy? I thought that was uh, Beverly Rings. Hills Cop. That was The trilogy was Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> so what's your favorite record of all time? Blondie. <laughs> no. Don't spoil it. Oh, you know, again, that's that's almost impossible for me to answer. I've been personally involved with the production of a number of them, and they probably are my favorite, but you would have probably never heard of some of them. Um, but of of the greats, I think, well, yeah, Dark Side of the Moon, maybe. Pink Floyd fan. Yeah. Mine's Rubber Soul, but it's not a contest. <laughs> well, if, out, obviously, if, uh, if, we'll Beatles, if we're going to allow the Beatles into the uh, competition, they they come out right near the top too. I, I mean, I love them. I, it's I, not going to be Rubber Soul, though. Let's be honest. It's going to be Abbey Road. Uh, yeah. Abbey Road or Magical Mystery Tour. I always used to start out my radio show, Roll Up for the Magical Mystery Tour. That's how you can tell if someone's just read the name of a Beatles album on Google because <laughs> they say Abbey Road. No, it's no. We saw the picture. <laughs> they took the cigarettes out sometimes. That's right. Well, you know that the 50th anniversary of that album cover was just a couple weeks ago, and somebody did a a picture of four Volkswagen Beetles crossing that path, different colors. It was hysterical. I saw a really good one of it before, you know, like a comical one, and it was all corgis. I tried to get your wife a shirt of it, but it was gone. Yeah, corgis Uh, are enjoying some popularity right now. Yeah, Yeah, that's thanks to me. (laughs) Mostly mostly because of this podcast. Yeah, mostly in southern Illinois. It's really just exploded recently. (laughs) I, I just got a corgi puppy three months ago. Well, you're in good company. They're the... English royalty's favorite dog. Oh, he reminds us every day. So. He said, if it's good enough for the queen, it's good enough for old Josh Hatfield. That's what I say. I think if I was going to be stuck in an elevator with someone, oh, yeah. I think it would be Josh Hatfield. We just have 
repartee, banter, all those words. Yeah, we, <laughs> those need, words. we have so many words. <laughs> we got all your answers. You didn't get mine. Let's hear well, Corey it. didn't answer either. So. I forgot what the question was like. I was thinking about music and movies. Track, trapped in an elevator with. If I'm trapped in an elevator, I think I want to be trapped with MacGyver. Oh. oh, that's good. MacGyver, he'd get you out. Jill yeah. Goodacre. Or keep you oh, in. Oh, Jill Goodacre. I might actually change my answer. There's an episode of Frasier where Niles gets <laughs> trapped in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And he climbs out yes. and saves everyone. Niles. Niles. David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. Or. He's kind of brittle looking. <laughs> or Logan Marshall Green from the OC. Because he was in that movie Devil. Mm-hmm. Where they were all trapped in the elevator. One of them was the, the old devil. lady was the devil. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I watched the whole movie. It was scary. Um, but I feel like he'd have my back. if it, Since you're confirming that it doesn't turn out to be him. Uh, old MacGyver or new MacGyver? Old. Old MacGyver or MacGroover? <laughs> <laughs> Old MacGyver. Oh, man. Is he, is he still alive? I think so. Well, you better hope, because they're going <laughs> to pin that dead body on you once the doors open up. Yeah. What are you doing in here with a dead body? <laughs> it's been buried for years. <laughs> oh, I mean, I would probably want to be in there with like a elevator engineer right that's a good call or jill goodacre yeah yeah i was once trapped in an atm vestibule really uh another person who'd be good to have in there is someone with a cellular phone Mm. if you know someone oh recently i was in indiana and me and my son got on an elevator with a lady and her kid and we got in there and we hit the button and it didn't move (laughs) And then we're just sitting there for a while, and it's probably five minutes, and then she starts hitting buttons, and then we're in there for another ten minutes where the elevator's not moving, and I'm like, I guess we should hit this uh, button to call someone, you know, and the door's open, so we all just get out, we're on the same floor, and we just take the stairs. It was, oh, the doors were closed, you were yeah, in there. Yeah, we were trapped in there for, for 15, oh, 20 so minutes. so you were just trapped with that lady. Yeah, so that lady was fine, but <laughs> none of us said anything. <laughs> You know who else would be good is Oprah. Yeah, because yeah, people know they're going to look for Oprah. They're going to look for Oprah. Plus, I could be like, hey, I know you have this book club. I have a book. Joe Rogan, we could say, hey, are you in syndication? Because you could just throw That's us in That's not how it works. It's it how syndication works. It's not a thing. It's not I'm pretty sure it is. it is. Well, Samuel, I believe you won this competition. Would you like to tell everybody where they could... Find your beautiful voice. Unaudible. Samuel, middle initial E, last name Hoke, H-O-K-E. You'll find those. Uh, There's only a few books. Um, So, yeah, my website is S-E-H-3 Narrates. S-E-H-3 Narrates.com. And that's because my real full name is Samuel Earl Hoke III. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, then that that wraps everything up. We're going to take another quick commercial break. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right, Samuel, would you like to go ahead and end the podcast in the traditional manner? Listen to lots of books, especially ones narrated by Samuel E. Hoke. Thank you for the opportunity, guys.
Appreciate yeah, it was it. fun, Sam. It was good. You're uh, a very unique voice in the the lit books now, and I think that's neat. It's something different. That's what they need. They need to branch out. There's mm-hmm. too much just Luke Daniels well, reading it's like, stats. Even when Luke Daniels reads, it still sounds like a young kid reading. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everybody in the lit group sounds like they're they're in the twenty to. 24 range it's just and it also sounds like it's just this like puny kid Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you had a grape farmer who sounded like a man that was cool (laughs)